Hello, people. Just a quick note that I got some Role Players are Wonderful stickers made, and uh, they've all already gone out to Patreon subscribers, so I've got a bunch left over. And if you would like a sticker, you can have one for free. Just uh, let me know you want one, and as supplies last, I will send them out to you. You can let me know on Twitter, at the Greggiest, or send me an email, podcastwonderful at gmail.com. I made it the image of this episode so you can see what a cool sticker you could get a hold of for yourself. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. I love you. Bye-bye. Hello, people. Here's another Role Players Are Wonderful episode with original music by Andrew Clotworthy. Go to soundcloud.com slash clotworthy to hear more of his music and follow him on Twitter at clotwell. To hear the unedited raw feed with all roles and out-of-character discussion intact, go to donate to paw.win to gain access to the Podcasts Are Wonderful premium feed. Last time on Role Players Are Wonderful, the gang continued making their way through the desert wastelands. Kev, played by Joe, Barbara, played by Alex, and Pommel, played by other Alex, utterly annihilated a mother Ankeg and her poor, sweet baby boy, while Mero, played by Greggy, stood around saying, great job, guys. Then, they came across a desert encampment and met Marcus, the leader of the nomadic trading tribe, and really confused him for a good 20 minutes. Barbara and Pommel became determined to scam somebody sometime soon. Will they scam successfully? Will the crew be hung from the nearest cactus for their treachery? Find out now on Role Players Are Wonderful. Character sheets and swords and sorcery. And we made a show cause being friends is neat. Epic quests and treasure chests. And all that because we have to admit Role players are wonderful Role players are wonderful so You guys want to try to con some salesmen in this camp into buying one of your magical creatures that disappears at the next day. We want to yeah. on that, of course. I- Alright, well, I guess we should probably roll and see what guys we get. It was D8, uh, it's going right? to be hard to saw a rat. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and you don't necessarily want to see them pulling it out of the bag because somebody in town might know. Yeah, I'm just, like, we're at the... What it does. Ah, that's right. I'm just kind of huddled over it and just pull out a four. I can't... Uh-huh. I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be suspicious because you guys came into camp. With <laughs> nothing. All I heard was we walked in and without a a bear in our hands, and then we come to somebody and say, "Hey, want a bear?" Yeah, right. Then, that that will seem suspicious to that person. <laughs> I'm not saying you it, can't like talk your way out of that sort of stuff, but um, yeah, there's going to be some some serious roles popping off if you're going to yo, try to convince someone. What if we put it into his mirror, into Pommel's mirror? And then say it was in the mirror the entire time. I don't know if we want them to know that we got magic ah, mirrors true. and stuff. That's true. Or we could pop somebody into the mirror and hold them for ransom. 
Why yeah. did we do that? <laughs> what? That's a little, did, little uh, when did we become criminals? Like this seems uh, very rude. It when seems like a real when were we into that their nice camp and giving us food and supplies and you're trying to trick when them. This doesn't seem heroes. good. I mean, I also kind of think it's weird that the only people you've encountered in the desert have been not hostile towards you, and the first thing you're going to do is do some elaborate low-grade hustle to try to get, like, a couple hundred gold pieces, maybe? I don't know. We can't help it. We love it. We're equal to dragons. We have to um, have a horde. Yeah. That was a very smart uh, thing that you just said there, Barbara. Thanks. You're welcome. We're I'm just, proud of you. We love causing trouble. And Dad. We love fucking people over. <laughs> that's, yep, that's us. We gotta, we have to. Unless we get our daily quota of screwing people over. We're just very angry. Oh, does anyone have like a wagon or anything? Because that would be a good, because we've been just making a like a sled out of grass. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, didn't we around. talk about getting like uh, ponies off them or something or horses oh uh, yeah horses that stay the whole time yeah that could be cool although are they gonna want to sell a horse when they've been moving this entire time I, I think we can talk them out of it so Marcus has uh, bid you farewell for the morning he's got some stuff to do around camp um, you guys have run of the camp for the day so um i guess first let's say do marrow or kef have anything in particular they want to do in the camp before we get into the um next kind of harebrained idea that we've got going on i'd like to talk to someone about procuring some horses some horses okay. yes if if that's possible yeah i think i will go along with keth on that Maybe do some diplomacy if needs be. Roll a um, perception check. Okay, so we'll say with a 17, um, you guys uh, just kind of start asking around and in what is you know a reasonable amount of time, someone directs you to um, a guy on the edge of camp who has a uh, small stable where it seems like everybody's horses are being kept and um, he seems like he's the guy that you want to talk to so you, you're able to find him relatively easily I woke up and I say ah good good day gentlemen are you a gentleman uh, he, he turns around and it is in fact a gentleman he is human he looks middle-aged kind of scruffy but um yeah he says his name is nipsey he says that he's tasked with um maintaining the the stables for the caravan and um he uh he seems friendly ah i could tell you a friendly gentleman by your scruffy beard I'm blind, though, so I can't see that. But my friend Marrow described it to me. I'm sure it's lovely. Uh, hey, man, we need some horses. Uh, are you selling? He says, well, at the moment, we're kind of using all of the horses we have. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, at the very least, two horses would be really cool. 
Well, I would love four, but if you can do two, even three, that would be that'd be really cool. Because we're actually going to um, Lyland, and we're going to save the world. So, and if we get a Nipsey horse after saving the world, we can tell all the people where we got our horses and help us save the world. You know? Uh oh, did I just lose? Ah. Uh, it sounds like Bruce is gone, and he didn't hear my very good pitch. <laughs> or he did, and he was disgusted by it. <laughs> Nipsey, please come back. Okay, I don't know what just happened. Ah, oh, there you are. I don't. I Nipsey, mean, like... you went unconscious for a second. Are you okay? Uh, yes. Just repeat the last thing you said to me from the beginning. <laughs> great, great. Uh, I said I would love four horses, but two would do. Three would be great. If you can do it, we're going to Lyland to save the world. If we can get some Nibsy horses, that would be like we can tell people that without your help, we could have never saved the world. He strokes his beard for a minute and uh, he says, Well, the thought of being a hero sounds pretty cool, but... Um, I think my boss would, would be upset if I gave away so many of his horses. I mean... Well, I mean, you're not giving them away. I'll give you some coin. I mean... I'll give you an animal to, to trade with. You're not, not here. here. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, he looks around Sorry for a second. Sorry for my shouting half-orc friend. He looks around and he says, um, Well, I mean, it would have to be a lot of gold. I mean, we, we need these horses to carry all the equipment and uh, all the... The stuff for camp. Let's. I'm gonna write something down on this pe <laughs> piece of paper and slide it over to you. And I write down a uh, hundred gold on the piece of parchment. Do we have a hundred gold? I do. I have 148. Oh, nice. This is for two horses or three? Uh, as many as he's willing to part with. Okay, so you slide him. The piece of paper that just has a hundred <laughs> scribbled on it in a really weird way because you can't see. <laughs> and um, he kind of looks around and he goes, I, I, "I don't, I don't know if I could, if I could do that." So at this point, you need to bluff him with something or roll a diplomacy to convince him that this is a good deal. Great, I will. Um, I'll pull out uh, a just an ordinary gold piece and. I'll sh show him it and I'll say, now this may look like an ordinary just piece of gold. And I didn't want to part with this marrow over here. He's my friend. We got this in a poker game from an ogre. And if you put this piece of gold underwater and let it stay there for 12 hours overnight, it will turn into 1,000 gold pieces. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. No, Kath. <laughs> I know, you, we Mal, can't. I, no, we can't I part know, with that. That's I our moneymaker. I know, but I feel ah. like I really need these horses. It's so important. I know, it's very important, but we need that gold piece. It's so... Uh, Shut up Kef, and listen believe. to me. I'm the, I'm the brains of this operation. <laughs> all right, all right, Dizzy, all right. This is my final offer. And that's a 20 on my bluff check. <laughs> all right, he... And I tell you what, I'll throw in this vial of uh, perfume I have brought from the Feywild as well. I don't yeah. love that either. I wanted that. 
he looks he looks pretty jazzed about the perfume. He <laughs> looks at the note again and he says, "Well, I've never heard of any gold coins that are magic, but uh, that's that's fine." So wow. he takes he takes a hundred gold and he points it into the stable and he says, uh, "Those two horses down there, the big brown ones." Um, mm. They're kind of old, but they can still haul uh, a fair amount of weight, and they're used to traversing the desert, uh, so they're they're pretty obedient. Um, you can have those and all of the food that are in their packs right now. Oh wow, that's you are you know you <sighs> are truly a hero in this story. When the bards tell this tale, they when will I talk tell the about tale. Nibsy, the stable manager. Right when Marrow tells this tale about our heroics. You will have the biggest part in the story. <laughs> Nipsey, Nipsey the Handsome, that's what I'll call you. He grins widely. Uh, he flips the coin in his hand and then uh, sticks it in his pocket and he goes back to what he was doing. Presumably later he's going to find some water to leave that gold coin in and then start waiting for 12 hours. So you guys have found a way to perform a reasonable, honest transaction and also somehow still con someone in the <laughs> camp for no reason. Um, so so did he give him one coin or 100 coins? He gave him 101 coins. 101. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Plus a vial of pond water. Yeah, and some, and some pond water. So um, that happens, and uh, you... You guys walk away with two gentle old brown mares. I name one Chestnut, and the other one is named John. All right. John John Mare. (laughs) Um, Okay, so so while that's going on, you guys uh, are just kind of walking around the camp, checking things out, and uh, you walk by the market, and what you see is just kind of normal, everyday stuff, and in the market... Uh, we find Barbara and Pommel, and uh, they're probably up to no good. So, what are you guys doing? All right. So, um, I think we want to find a wagon since they found they're getting horses. We would like to get something with wheels or something that's mm-hmm. good for going through the desert. And I guess since these guys are traveling, they probably have something. So, we're going to try and see if we can buy one of those or get one somehow. Okay, so roll a perception check to see if either of you can spot a worthy wagon that doesn't look like it's being heavily used. So I'll say that with a 17, again, you know, it takes you a little while wandering through, but um, towards the end of the row of carts and stuff where the market is, you see a um, kind of mid-sized wagon that's pretty small, although it could still probably sit six people pretty tightly and um it's on some weird kind of uh sled tracks like the sled you fashioned out of the um the artifacts so you know that it's probably pretty good in the sand and uh it looks like it would be appropriate for your purposes uh there is one chubby looking dwarf guy hanging out by the uh back of the sled just kind of spooling up leather ropes and straps and stuff and throwing them in the back. Hey, uh, is this, uh, your sled? He looks up and he says, uh, well, no, it's not mine, but I 
I'm taking care of it for now. Oh. Who owns it, I guess? My boss. Where right, can we find your sense. boss? Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. He looks around and he says, well, he's the, he's the other dwarf about my size, but with dark hair and a big beard. His name's Greedo. He was around here somewhere. I don't, I haven't seen him in a, in a half an hour or so. Well, that's fine. Um, I think we can probably talk to you. Sure. How much, uh, how much would you say this, this wagon's worth? He says, um... Well, I don't know. We don't sell a lot of wagons. We don't, uh, we just kind of make them when we need extra ones. So, I don't know. Maybe, uh, uh 50 gold pieces? That's it? I'll no. Do you... This is worth <laughs> so much more than that. This what is worth what like are you? A, this is worth like 200 gold pieces, I would say. He's like, okay, it's just a wooden sled thing. Not, but you, you made this yourself? And, and you gotta take in time the time and the labor. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I do a lot of carpentry. It wasn't that difficult. Hey, have you ever heard of the milk challenge? <laughs> no, that sounds gross. <laughs> no, it's it's if you can drink this vial of milk in five minutes, I'll give you two hundred gold. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> well, no. So? We can do it with uh, water. Don't we have a water one? I'm not by you, but you have a health potion. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> not letting him drink our health potion. He's gonna get so strong. Like, are you trying to sell me something? What's happening? I'm trying. I'm trying to do a bet with you. If you can drink this whole vial of milk, and it's not much, I'll give you 200 gold. But if you lose, you should give me your wagon. I don't care for gambling. Um. What do you I mean? Why? You scared? <laughs> <laughs> do we should we do like a diplomacy or uh bluff? I mean, I don't Check. know what you're really trying to do. He doesn't seem uh, he, he doesn't seem ex- especially like he doesn't seem especially interested in wagering his boss's sled against his ability to drink something he doesn't want to drink. Wait, one second, one second. One I got you. Oh Drink the milk. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no. We can get him to think about it. We can just get him to give us the sled. <laughs> okay, it should so be he, fair. It should be he's, fair. He's very, very intimidated, and um, he. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Oh god, we're gonna have to bust these guys out of jail in a minute. <laughs> He's very intimidated and he says, I mean, Jesus Christ, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, dr- I drink the milk and then if I'm good at it, you give me gold, and if I lose, then. Yeah. And then you take my spot as sled? <laughs> right. Well, it's your you sled, right? Talking it's fine. to the boss. <laughs> no, I'm not waiting for him. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's see. How are we gonna do this? Um, I think he needs a constitution check. Yeah, I think it's a constitution save against well, drinking milk. Well, it doesn't matter, right? It's infinite. He's never gonna be able to drink it all because it's infinite milk. Yeah, it's infinite. <laughs> right. So, what, what, I mean, what's he gonna roll? <laughs> but he can roll to see if he doesn't throw up again. <laughs> I mean, 
he's gonna have to roll to see that he doesn't throw up. But additionally, he's gonna <laughs> notice that no matter how much he drinks, the volume doesn't change in the fucking flash. So, so he should roll like a a perception a smart check. <laughs> what is this guy's name? Even we don't know. <laughs> You don't know his name yet. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, he has a name. It, it might not be useful. Um, okay, so he rolled a 12. I'm just going to roll a straight 20 for his constitution check. He does not throw up. He manages to drink milk for five minutes straight, and then he does not He does not throw up. He looks very sad and scared, and there's just, like, milk all, like dribbling out of his mouth and stuff. It's all over his shirt now. He just hands the flask back to you, and uh, he says, "Well, I mean, you guys obviously have some sort of magical flask, so no, um, you fucked up. You, you didn't drink it fast enough. I guess you, you got doing, me. Right? Yeah, but um, since that wasn't a fair bet, I'm not gonna give you the cart. Why did I intimidate him again? <laughs> Don't intimidate him again. <laughs> I mean, I'm not there. I can't really sway. Oh, he's doing." <laughs> <laughs> no, how is it not a fair bet? You, you, you're just you're a sore loser because you messed up. He's like, no, I mean this this jug doesn't change volumes, and then he just kind of pours a bunch of milk out for several seconds and <laughs> shakes the shakes the flask. And no, you're uh, pour it in your mouth. You're doing the whole thing wrong. <laughs> he just at this point he's no longer intimidated. He looks at both of you and he's just like, yeah, I don't know. I mean. Uh, like I said, I guess you got me, but I'm not giving you the card. Is there like a bag check? <laughs> uh, can we buy it for 200 gold? <laughs> he said 50, remember? He did say 50. See if he needs a goat. <laughs> you asked him what the cart was worth, and he said probably 50 gold. <laughs> yeah, he didn't he say did. he would sell it to you for 50 gold. Ah. Look at him, and I say, "Hey, you could attach straps to a big animal, can't you?" <laughs> um, he just kind of nods. So, could you replace a cart with a big animal? He he looks around like, "What are you talking about?" I could give you large animals with that will listen to what you say if I tell them to listen to you. He goes, "What do you mean?" <laughs> Uh, we have. Can I try and steal a cart while they're talking. <laughs> <laughs> while I'm distracting him, can. I mean, you're gonna have to roll a stealth check, and then I don't know what you're. You'd have to roll some sort of strength check. Can a cart look into a mirror? <laughs> yeah. We will make him look into the mirror. Yeah. Secretly, take the cart, and then noise oh. release him <laughs> away from the camp. <laughs> You're not taking hostages. <laughs> Kevin, um, Meryl hey, do not know here. about this. You yeah, we're not. We are not there to give them moral guidance. I mean, your your current plan is to now kidnap this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, this is becoming incredibly insane. Um, what do you What do you want to do? Okay, we'll try to steal it first. Well, hold on. Your your beard's all messed up from drinking all that milk. You should <laughs> look in the mirror. And look, look. Check this out. And I hold the mirror up to him. Here, you can clean yourself with the mirror. 
Roll a diplomacy check. Why would he not fucking? All right, hold on. Because <laughs> he doesn't trust you guys anymore. <laughs> Why? We're very trustworthy. <laughs> People in this uh, universe hate looking in mirrors. I've noticed. Okay, so with the diplomacy check, he just is like, "Yeah, no thanks, I'm all right," and he just kind of wipes his hand across his. Can I like face. grab his head and put the mirror <laughs> in his face? I mean, you guys know you're in public right now, right? <laughs> We're just having a conversation with this guy. Okay, so he doesn't look into the mirror. What are you doing? Uh, I don't think anything is going to work in this point. I don't... Uh, I really... Alright. Can I distract him in some way, and then Pommel goes and steals? Well, card? you could always go talk to the boss. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even asked him to buy the cart. <laughs> I did ask him that. He was. He's not. He's not. You asked. We split up with our friends. They're gonna get horses. We're gonna get a cart. We're gonna look really dumb if we don't come back with a cart. You should just, you know, stop being a jerk. <laughs> stop messing with us and just let us have it. Or he says, I, I'll give you ten gold for it. He's like, it's not. It's not my cart to sell. You'd have to talk to Greedo. Greedo. I don't want to Where will we find Greedo? <laughs> he's around here somewhere. I don't know. I don't. He's not my child. <laughs> you just don't know where your boss is. Yeah, that's weird. He's where in the camp somewhere. That's helpful. Wow, man. This guy sucks. <laughs> okay, we're gonna walk to off. Not, I'm gonna try to, to look for us. it. Okay. You're using your perception to discern the location of Greedo. Yes. Alright, you look around for about ten minutes and you find him sitting at a bar. (laughs) It was that easy. (laughs) Hey, friend. Hail and well met. (laughs) Uh, We heard you had a cart. I have several carts. I am a tradesman. There's another dwarf that's loading up a cart, and we want that cart. Yeah, that's Brian. Brian? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to have him look in the mirror now. That was in Pommel's ear. <laughs> yeah, he's my he's my employee. I mean, he's really my wife's cousin from Florida, but you know, sometimes you just gotta give people a job. Yeah, he's a dipshit. We don't like him at all. <laughs> <laughs> he's lazy. He just sits around drinking milk all day. <laughs> yeah, that sounds Pommel. gross. He almost threw up all over your cart. You should fire him. Anyway, can we have one of your carts? Can you have one of my carts? Uh, we need we're them to transport to all of our... Yeah, yeah, we'll give you a goat or something. <laughs> I don't think a, a goat is worth a cart. We have valuables that we have to transport here. Um, what about two goats? What about a possibility of a bear or a lion? You want me to give you a cart... Because there's a possibility you have a bear or a lion? <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know. I don't really understand what trade you're you're offering here. I can... Uh, can we give you 50 lot- gold coins for it, please? <laughs> Let's try the 50 sure. gold coins? Hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. Well, Brian did make that particular card for me when we ran out of space on one of the other ones. I suppose it's worth 50 gold. Diplomacy check, diplomacy check. Do a threaten check. <laughs> oh, God. Brian was talking all this smack behind her back uh, and about how he probably 
sabotaged half of your carts. <laughs> you should just give it to us for safekeeping. <laughs> Why? So your diplomacy of eight does not work, and <laughs> he says, "No, that doesn't really sound like Brian. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about." You don't know Brian. He said, "I would be <laughs> more comfortable do. with seventy-five gold pieces." So you're appraising his yeah, cart I'm now. It. I'm going to do an appraise check. Okay, so you have a 22 appraise check, and um, recalling all of the the detailed work that went into the sled, you can reasonably assume that it is in fact worth about 50 or 55 gold pieces. This cart's worth like 100 gold pieces, I'd say. <laughs> Why? But we're willing to give it, but we're willing to give you 50. Okay, hold on. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a hundred, but we're only going to give you half of that. What he what he says is, well, if it's worth a hundred and I'm asking for seventy five, it seems like I'm offering a very reasonable deal. <sighs> this guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not him that sucks, but the two people. You can't break these guys. They're just they're too. And tricky, and they know too much. You knew it was worth fifty, <laughs> and you argued that it was worth more than what he was asking. <laughs> I don't know why he's doing that. I'm on the, I saw, the I same would, cart. I thought he would. Isn't it nice that we said your cart's good, though? <laughs> he's like, yes, it's a very good cart. I didn't realize it was worth so much more than my asking price. <laughs> yeah, how much gold do we have? I'm. Uh, oh, we don't have it written down. I don't. Uh-oh. Cause didn't we get like a, a good amount? You guys didn't write down any of the gold you had. We oh, wrote it down Bruce, somewhere. Bruce, then we cleaned. I did. I'm a good player, right? We there. don't keep books. We don't keep books. We just. <laughs> Jeff knows how much gold. Yeah, I believe I said write this stuff down. Uh, I do. Uh, have we had it down. written down, and then we cleaned the room, and then now it's not written down. I have a drawing. I, I got a bunch of drawings <laughs> of tribes and stuff. I don't have. <laughs> We'll I see mean, if he'll take a drawing of a frog. I mean, I know you guys. You guys should have, you know, a couple of hundred gold pieces. I don't know how you had it all split up, but you got a significant amount of treasure before you went out into the desert, and you haven't spent money on anything really. So, all right, so seventy-five gold. Is That's that what good? he's asking for. It. You used your brace check to tell him it was worth more than that. So, do you want to roll something else, or do you just want to give him the seventy-five gold? We're gonna give him the seventy-five. We're gonna, we're gonna settle for his bartering skills, and we're just gonna go with seventy-five. <laughs> Final offer. He says, <laughs> uh, "Fantastic." So uh, you give him seventy-five gold, and he walks over to the cart with you. He lets Brian know that um, he's arranged for purchase of the cart. He says. Uh, don't worry about unloading it. You can just keep the leather harnesses and some rope and stuff that's already in there. So you guys now have a sled and a bonus kind of um, harnesses and ropes and stuff. Nice. Uh, let's go meet up, meet back up with Marrow and wait, Captain wait, wait, Tom wait, Wakanda's wait. guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Brian, and we need the collection of Brian's. <laughs> We're not collecting Brian's. No, we already killed off the other two. He wouldn't look in the mirror. He already tried. <laughs> if we didn't try, what I never mind. If we told, I guess if we told him we were trying to collect all the Brian's, we probably <laughs> wanted. 
be a prisoner in the mirror, but we should, I think we should take our losses and, uh, and leave before we end up giving these guys more money. <laughs> Once again, you guys have found the most elaborate way to do basic business transactions. <laughs> we cut to later in the afternoon. Um, you guys have, they've given you a, a, a large tent on the edge of the caravan. You pass by Marcus and he congratulates you on making a couple of great deals. Tremendous deals, he calls them. And so basically, yeah, you guys have set up everything and you've got your horses resting. Your cart's pretty much loaded and ready to go. You all take the afternoon to uh, have a couple drinks at the bar. I'll say that it passes pretty uneventfully unless you guys have anything else uh, you're thinking about doing. Well, I don't know if uh, Keth and I would want to stay around town because in 12 hours, <laughs> Nipsey is going to pull his coin out of the water and want to yell at us. It does say all transactions are final. <laughs> um, yeah, so you guys have, I mean, by the time you made the deal with Nipsey and gave him the fucking con artist gold beast, he, um, it was probably 10 or 11 in the morning, so you've got until the middle of the night, basically, to... Okay, we can sneak away under cover of darkness. <laughs> they conned better than we could. <laughs> well... Well, Oz was barely a con. We just lied to the guy. I mean, we actually That's a con. bought the horse. I mean, we bought the horses, though. You tried True. to fucking kidnap someone and <laughs> steal a wagon. And maybe next time when we do a, like a group split, we could change the groups because it seems like you two always get into so much more trouble than necessary. These guys just—it's like, just a suggestion. They're like business geniuses. They can't they can't mess with them. Like <laughs> I won't disagree with you there. They are hardest foes yet. <laughs> you do seem to have sure. more trouble with buying things than with defeating enemies. Um, Yo. I was hoping okay. to not spend any gold. Well, you know, that's kind of what it's there for. We did 25 more than we should have. Well, I nobody made you barter in a real backwards way. <laughs> I thought he would be impressed that I was complimenting him. Yeah, basically, you guys have a drink and then you go back to your tent. You're sleeping during the day. You're planning on heading out that night. Just as the sun is falling and things are quieting down around camp, some fires are up, everybody who's done for the day or just hanging out eating or having a drink, you hear a weird noise and at first you think, well, this is going to be one of those sound wave type things, but it's it's a little bit different this time. And um, it seems to be coming from the east instead of the northwest. So it's not coming from Lyland, but... There's something moving toward the camp, and it's making some kind of weird disturbance. I want to go check it out. Palmer, are you going to come with me? Yeah, always. So basically what happens is you all walk outside to see what the commotion is, and um, what you see is that kind of hovering over the, the camp and coming towards you is what you think is another Azada, and this time it looks different than the last, but still pretty pissed off looking. Not that he looks mad or anything, but just that it, it looks like a, a, a powerful creature. The weird thing is that you're looking around and you feel like something's going on, and the longer you look at camp, the m more you think 
there's some sort of weird time shift going on. The flames coming off of the fire seem to crackle and burn slower. The people that are out and about are moving very sluggishly, and everything's in slow motion except for uh, the the four of you. You don't really know why you're not being affected right now, but... Is a monster also infected? No. He seems to be moving at normal speed as well. So, uh, the Azada kind of hovers over a little bit closer, and he says... Wait, Azada. Is that the big wind thing? Yeah, like Breilani. Uh, yeah, Breilani was the wind Azada. Um, you don't know what's going on with this guy, but he seems different. Does he look elven as well, like Breilani? Yeah, all Azadas are kind of celestial. They, um, okay. they have elven features, but... Um, this one looks a little bit different. He's got a like a darker skin tone. His his eyes don't have pupils. He's just like very um, very elven, very celestial looking, very powerful. He kind of sits down in front of you and then pulls a chair, kind of crosses his legs and says, "Well, it took me much longer to find you than I thought it would." Um, yeah, we've been waiting. <laughs> oh, oh have you? Yeah. Wait, we have. What do you mean? Yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, it's it's this guy. I do maybe, not know maybe who he this guy talk. is. Maybe, maybe he should. Hey, buddy, welcome to camp. Uh, wh- what's your name? What's going on here? What, what, I mean, of course, please pull up a chair. Have, make yourself comfortable. But He says, well, my name isn't important, but I was tasked with finding uh, the artifact that was lost in the wasteland. And uh, somehow you turned up here with the other one. So I'll have to collect that before I go about my business finding the other. Mm. Are you are you doing the time thing? Yes, of course. Do you know? Uh, are you working with Brelani? You could say that we don't work together so much as work for the same employer. Who do you work for? The uh, group of individuals you don't need to know. Well, I mean the people that have the other artifacts. You mean? Yes, you could say that. Do you uh, you know the man with no name? I haven't had the pleasure of making his acquaintance yet, although I plan to do that right after you give me the Earth artifact. Right, right, right. We have a, a counter offer. Yeah, I have a counter offer as well. Why don't you go get fucked? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. No. Let's not be hostile. No. Well, I mean, this dude's gonna try and fucking kill us anyway, so I don't know why we're dispensing with pleasantries. He says, uh, very, very rude. Very rude. That's you. That's what you sound like. <laughs> hey, would you like before before you die, uh, kill us? Make sure you look fabulous while you're doing it and look in this mirror. <laughs> yeah, you should check us out. He laughs and he says, "I don't think so. I I always look fabulous." And then, uh, um, no, your hair your hair is kind of messed up. You should you should fix that. He stands up and as he stands up, he waves his hand and you feel time slow down around you. You're still thinking in full speed, but uh, you don't have like any sort of moment to moment control. You feel like moving your arm is like it's being weighed down. Everything you're doing is in slow motion and um, you feel like you're trapped in your head watching things unfold in real time. Damn. He ends up and he just kind of kicks the chair and then as soon as it gets like a foot away from him it also goes into slow motion so if we're near him we're not as slow uh i mean only it's whatever he wants it's it's his control Uh, but when when i use the artifact is that just by thought or do i have to do a thing with it i mean unless it's in your hand you don't have 
Are you wearing it around? It's just on a chain, right? Yeah, it's it's on a chain against my neck, but I guess if I have to put my hand up to it. Can I I make some sort of save against this effect? You can try to make. Do you have a resist or a spell? What would that be? Maybe Uh, a willpower, but. Mm. Yeah, I have a and I have a plus two save to enchantment spells and effects. I don't know. Okay, so the the plus two to the enchantment might uh, you'd have to roll really high, but you can try. And Marrow, I'll give you a turn to try to use the artifact. It's a twenty three. So your plus two is built into that. So twenty five total. So Keth, you focus very hard and. the harder and longer you start thinking about um, your your movement and your ability to like open and close your hands, the fire noise around you starts to feel like it's speeding up a little bit and you feel like your hands are opening and closing closer and closer to reality. You haven't fully broken the spell, but you are not mm-hmm. um, incapacitated cool. by the spell anymore. So, um, I don't think you could really do battle against uh, an entire... Marrow, do you want to try to use the artifact? Yeah, I guess I'm going to try to just use it to fuck him up. I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't look good. Okay, yeah, so it kind of glows faintly, but it seems like it's in slow motion too. So it doesn't seem like it's going to be much use right now. Keth, take it out of Marrow's hands and try to hide it or... Like, look in the mirror, maybe? Get trapped? Nah, I'm just going to try and fuck... <laughs> I'm just going to try and punch him. I don't know. <laughs> That's got one turn. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna be able to do. So. I don't think you're gonna tell me what to do, man. So he doesn't. Hey. He doesn't. I mean, he thinks you're still under the spell. So you have. Um, yeah. You'll be able to catch him flat-footed. Whatever you're gonna do. So you kind of have a full full range of turn options here. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep the illusion that I'm in slow motion, and then use my crazy monk abilities to just rush up on him and be like. I'm from the Feywild too, bitch, and just strike him right in the face. Okay, so you're able to get into his into his space without taking an attack of opportunity because he's kind of walking around, and as you run up to him, you're kind of coming from the side, and he just he turns and looks surprised that you're you're running up on him. So you're going to try to attack him. Yeah. So first attack, and then uh, second flurry of blows. That's a not great. What I'll say happens is you catch him off guard and you're able to like punch him in the face, but it doesn't do anything. Like you hit him in the face yeah. and he just looks like surprised. And then um, as he dealing with you being his personal space, he kind of uh, holds his hands up again and you totally freeze this time. Like you don't feel like even mm. heavy or slow mode. You just feel like, oh, I can't move. He just kind of pushes you <laughs> away from him. <laughs> And he he says, you fools don't even understand how to use the artifacts, nor do you know what they'll do to you. He looks over at Marrow and he says, you realize that each artifact, once you've started using it and the closer you become to the artifact, it starts to warp your mind and body. And of course, Marrow's not really able to respond. And he's like, each artifact has a penalty for using it. The one you carry is one of the less, but it'll make your heart as cold as stone the more you use it. So be wary of that. Although I don't think you'll be in in possession of it for much longer. Um, He looks out towards the Northwest and he says, the reason I have to go get the air amulet 
from the man with no name is because he's gone mad. That's what the wind artifact would do to you. He he looks off. He says, "You'll probably never know what the other two do, but it doesn't matter now." And then, as he walks towards Marrow to pull the amulet off of uh, his chest, you're able to see and hear what is uh, what a, what originally looks like another shockwave coming across the desert, and it doesn't look like it's in slow mo. This, the shockwave doesn't just blow through the camp like it normally does. It actually turns up a real sandstorm. The Azada looks kind of bewildered at this. So he kind of stops in front of Marrow and looks off towards the sandstorm. And what happens next is the sandstorm swells and condenses to kind of what looks like a um, dust tornadoes that you see sometimes. And um, out of it steps a man. And... Uh, Dun, dun, dun. So there now is a guy walking out of the dust storm into the camp towards the Azada, and as he walks over, you see that he's wearing boots and black pants and uh, a big hat that's pulled down low. He lights a long, thing cigar. He's also wearing a like a wide green poncho. So he kind of uh, stops. 20 feet away from the Azada and he doesn't say anything so uh, the Azada like pats Mara on the head and says two for one in one night what luck and he turns to uh, face who um, you now think is probably the man with no name so he says I didn't think I'd find you out here as well I'll be taking that artifact and this one and I'll be on my way at which point, the man with no name just kind of looks up from under his hat. He just says, this is my desert. The Azada go- makes a hand motion that you think would be to slow him down or stop his um, experience of time, basically. And the man with no name doesn't move, so it's hard to tell whether or not he's been affected. But basically, as soon as the Azada takes a step towards him, the man with no name whips his palm back. He just points at the Azada and says, this is my desert. And the only thing you see is the sandstorm that's been swirling kind of on the edge of the camp go through the camp. And you experience it kind of like a normal shockwave. Like it hurts and there's a lot of sand getting in your eye and shit like that. But since you can't really move and time is very distorted right now, it all just kind of blows straight through. When the sandstorm passes, you can see a little bit better. You can see the Azada slumps down on the ground he looks pretty injured and the man with no name walks over to him and puts two fingers on his forehead looks like he's like execution style uh, literally blown the brains out of this Azada but he just kind of pushes him over so the Azada tips over and falls into the sand and then uh, the Azada's body kind of we'll say straights into celestial energy the man with no name turns and looks at the four of you, and then he tips his hat and walks off into the uh, sandstorm, and the sandstorm dissipates and gone, and time slowly catches back up to what is real time for you.